Welcome to Diving Into Crypto. Diving Into Crypto. A weekly series where thought leaders share insights, strategies, and insider stories about all things crypto and Web3. Brought to you by Adlunum. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Diving Into Crypto. This is JP from Adlunum INC bringing you everything about Web3. Adlunum is the industry's first IDO investment platform using an engaged to earn mechanism with a proof of attention model that is unique uh, to the industry, allowing you to get allocations based on your attention. That being said, we are welcoming you to the show, ladies and gentlemen. And before we flag off, I'd like to remind you that views expressed on this program belong to that of the speaker and is meant for education purposes only. Uh, in case we get logged off the current program, please go back to our handles at Adlunum INC and you will find a new one to get you back onto the show. Uh, feel free to use those emojis. That's what they're there for. If you find a piece of information that our guest speaks about that is really dear to you, and I know that this, this show is going to be full of heart um, and it's going to talk about how we are shifting to the, the donor economy over to Web3. It's something that could re revolutionize how we look at changing uh, the world today. Um, and to do that, let me let me introduce very briefly, we have Rasmashua, our guest representing for Ethereum. And it's it's a very, very interesting, uh, very, very interesting name. Of course, it's got a very, very interesting team, but more importantly, it's got a lot of heart behind it. And you, it, I know that we're gonna learn so much. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let us welcome our guest today, Rasmus. Rasmus. Thank you so much, JP, and thank you for the brief introduction, and I'm happy to be here. Um, today we're going to talk about something that I find super interesting, um, but nonetheless, uh, probably one of the, the most important utilities that we can see today in Web3 and with blockchain technology, where we're actually building the bridge from blockchain to the real world. And it's charity. It's automated charity. Um, I don't know, uh, just to give you a brief introduction about myself. Um, I've been a tech founder for the last probably 12 years or so. I've been in crypto for quite some time. Um, in late 2021, just before we all saw the bear market uh, do its thing, uh, we launched Ethereum where we actually set out on a mission to, to integrate charity into a, a financial tool um, and to support animal welfare all around the world. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's, that's great. So uh, Rasmus, I, I understand that you're, you're a tech founder, but how did, how did you transition out of being into you know, mainstream tech? Uh, what got you to Web3? Oh, that is a good question. I don't even think that it was called Web3 <laughs> at the time. Uh, <laughs> I think the first time I got curious about blockchain technology was when we were first introduced to Bitcoin. Um, I remember um, I lived in London at the time. Right now, I live in Denmark and in Copenhagen. Um, I was living in London and I had a small startup there. And a few friends of mine, they were like, hey, man. Did you hear about this Bitcoin thing? And I think we're back in 
or what could it be, like 2011, 2012? And I, I started reading up on it. I was like, okay, this is actually pretty clever. I, I like the whole, um, the whole idea of that being a little bit of, uh, I don't know, rebellious uh, in, in, in the sense that we could, uh, we could skip the middleman and we could, we could skip banking and all these other things. But it was still so new. Um, and I remember diving a little bit more into it. Um, and I got on the phone. This was, this was at the time where exchanges didn't really exist. So in order to buy Bitcoin, you kind of over the phone had to, you had to trust this guy, right? Because you had to, to <laughs> you had to put in your, your credit card details in, in order to buy these Bitcoins. And of course I, I didn't, I didn't do it at the time, but as time grew and I, I started to see more traction on, on Bitcoin itself, I, I started becoming uh, interested. And I've always, from an investor's point of view, try to diversify mm -hmm. my assets a little bit. So I slowly, gradually started stepping my toes into the water of Bitcoin. And then we started seeing other cryptocurrencies, uh, Ethereum, all these other things. And then just, just a firm believer in like the fundamentals of why blockchain technology was, was built. And like today, um, it's probably one of my biggest holdings. They're all in, in, in blockchain technology today. And just seeing the space develop, the technology develop, the entire ecosystem. Um, yeah, so I've, I've been here for quite some time. I think in, in, in terms of actually starting a, a project within Web3, because there's a big difference about being right. an investor and then actually starting a project. Um, me, yeah. Ethereum was, was the first project that I've been involved with. And what actually triggered this is, and, and you have to understand this about me, I lived in so many places around the world due to different companies, mm -hmm. due to different sort of projects. And I had a project in South America. And mm -hmm. like this time was super stressful. Um, a big startup, some funding coming in and all of a sudden having a big responsibility towards investors and board meetings and all this sort of, you know, um, and in South America, um, a huge mm -hmm. problem is like they had a big issue with street dogs, street dogs everywhere, overpopulated with street dogs. So there's right. a bunch of animal shelters, even like unregistered shelters, but just people trying to do good for these animals. And for me right. at this time in my life, in a way to sort of de-stress, I volunteered at one of these dog shelters and mm -hmm. I wanted to give them a donation. Um, and I was like, it, it, it doesn't really make, make any sense um, because for me to transfer from my bank account in Denmark to Chile, mm -hmm. it would take a week for, oh, yeah. for the funds to get transferred. It will cost me a right. bunch in, in fees. And I was like, guys, do you have by any chance uh, a, a crypto wallet? <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll just donate crypto to you. And that's actually how yeah. we started, or at least for me, I started seeing the opportunities with crypto for charity. Um, it's borderless, secure, transparent, cheap, relatively cheap. And yeah, right. that, that was kind of some of the fundamentals that we built uh, Ethereum on. Um, so yeah, 
it's been it's been quite a yeah it sounds sounds like a fantastic use case uh you know especially solving a problem when it comes to being able to give without it you know without the logistics of it getting in the way mm-hmm. it's it's super it's super important and i think i mean what one of the things like if if you just look at regular giving for charities uh one of the things that usually mm-hmm. comes up is the lack of transparency so Actually, right. when, when you do make a donation, okay, you, you transfer money to a bank account and that's it. You, you're, you're not really able to showcase the donation going out. Um, and and right. actually, nonprofits have a huge benefit to, to prove how the funds are being spent. Of course, it's up to them. Like we, with, with blockchain, I mean, we can make it transparent so you see all the transactions coming in. There is still some responsibility on the end of the nonprofit to then actually go out and showcase that the funds are being used the way they are intended to. Um, but, mm-hmm. but I think the blockchain really solves a lot of, of these issues in, in terms of uh, lack of trust to the nonprofits and in terms of did you really donate what you said that you donated? If, if we're talking about corporate social responsibility, um, mm-hmm. I mean, you can just link to either scan or or the tax on on whatever chains yeah but this is the donation right and, and right. then again one of one of the main like for us i think a lot of the the organizations or the, i mean the small shelters that we talk to they are in positions where sort of everything coming in they needed the funds yesterday and we can make that happen in less than a minute they don't have to wait a week and hope that everything goes through. Or, I I, I really think for for charity, I mean, blockchain technology and is is just a match made in heaven, in my opinion. Indeed, indeed, and you know, it, because in most cases, a, a lot of these uh, organizations that live on donorship, mm-hmm. right? They have quarterly reports uh half yearly reports or maybe annual reports and you gotta wait till that point of time to find out if your money is actually being spent on the real reason that you're making the donation so when you talk about it being transparent you can have transparency up almost up to the minute right you you know okay it is the money has been received you get an idea at the end of it how much is actually spent on doing something uh, and you also have a very clear picture of, you know, one of the biggest black box, uh, the black boxes, the black holes when it comes to charities, which is how much are they actually spending on what they call administration? Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And and we can, I mean, there 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 will always be like workarounds for a nonprofit if they're not transparent, but that we would easily be able to smell. Um, mm-hmm. What we have seen with some of the donations that that we have made. Is actually also the willingness from the from the nonprofit because this is what they struggle with in the day to day life. So actually, when we place right. the donation, um, they're really good with updating us and updating our community on how the funds are being spent. And for us to see that we're actually making a real difference, and actually see mm-hmm. those funds that we sent today being put into good use tomorrow, is just one of the biggest uh, gifts you can have. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And I, once again, I think that your, your point when it comes especially to transparency fosters more trust in a space where you, you're virtually blind, uh, at least up to a particular point, to where exactly that money is going, right? Exactly. 
Yeah. Okay. So um, I, I'm curious to I'm curious to understand something. So uh, you know, you, you told us a story that you were in, in South America. You saw that they had, of course, a, a major issue when it came to this. There was one NGO or um, organization that was able to to solve that. And you wanted to to you know help them out, uh, and and it was a challenge. But I have to ask, right? Uh, Rasmus, as a person, had his heart open out at that moment. Um, I, what I want to know is, why was that cause? What is the question there, Mike? Yeah, why why was it that cause? Was there was there something that you felt an affinity to? Was there something that you saw at that moment that you know it clicked in your head and you said, "This is the cause that I want to do something about." Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've always been uh, a big, big animal lover. Growing up on a farm with horses and dogs and cats and everything. I remember from early childhood, I mean, if I saw an injured bird, I would take it in and try to plaster it. So <laughs> animals has always have a, a, a close, close place in, in my heart. And I think what really tricked, I mean, early Ethereum um, was that we actually got together a, a bunch of, uh, I guess you can call us like internet dudes. I mean, just basic nerds and all walks of life, but with a shared mission that Hey, if, if we can build a tool that will be able to provide um, aid for animal welfare, um, mm -hmm. why don't we try and do it? And that's basically how, how it all came together. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the cause of animals is, is super important. And also, I think this is like regardless of blockchain technology, this would have been something that I would have always supported and tried to look into opportunities to to bring some I don't know like a philanthropy aspect towards animal welfare yeah. um, and I I mean there there's and don't get me wrong because there there's no charity in the world that is wrong like all help is needed no matter the the aspect of it may that be humanitarian will relief or emergency relief or diseases or whatever it, you can possibly think of all help is needed but i think that one of the most overlooked especially when it comes mm -hmm. to human crisis around the world and we, we see like with with the global change and we see all these sort of things like the biggest muscle around the world are humanitarian basically so often we tend to forget or we don't pay as much attention to animal welfare because they sort of get left behind because humans are important. And if a regular donor goes out and gives, I don't know, $50 to a refugee camp or an earthquake somewhere in the world for, for the rescuers or anything, like you you have done your part. And often, just right. animal welfare is, is, is overlooked and especially when it comes to small local shelters where I've, I've, I've been blessed like having the opportunity to meet these guys who are actually out in the out in the field every day so to speak doing the hard work where they don't necessarily have the know-how and the machine to to actually go out and fundraise so if we can put these right. guys on the map and actually make sure that they get the help that they need I mean, our mm -hmm. our mission is uh, a success. Epic. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I feel for, uh, I, I feel exactly the, the resonance in, in what your ethos and your, your intents, uh, your intent has been with, um, you know, with, with Porthurium and, and, and how you start. And I find that fascinating because, um, you know, philosophically as a, as a species, we sort of dominate the earth, right? I mean, it's a given, uh, but we also have a moral responsibility in many ways to be able to. Um, take care of the other species that are there, uh, considering you know what we're doing to the planet, and um, and and so when and so when it comes to especially looking after animals and or especially looking after any of the causes, like you're saying, let's let's not um, you know uh, segment it so much to to just one side. But when it comes to to that particular aspect, I find it fascinating that across the planet, out of seven billion people, there's only one point four that actively donate. Uh, on a regular basis, that's that's what the statistics say, at least, right? And but of course, these are the the numbers recorded that you know, okay, that many people and organizations are are actually doing something. Um, an organization. I lost you there for a second, Mike. What was the last thing? Yeah. Um. Can Can you hear me now? All right. Okay. So people are happy to to make investments. They're just not too happy about making donations, right? Um, and of course, the the objective to bring people onto the same page uh, is a very important part in getting a community close together. I understand that that may have been a challenge for you, but tell us a little about that. Tell us a little about how you bring people together towards a cause like this. Yeah, of course. Um, and just to round that one off, like looking at the statistics of how many people are actually donating, mm -hmm. um, of course, I believe that that more could. Um, but, but one of the things is that I, I would never point fingers because I do believe that we are all in in certain situations in life where it might not be an option that you have funds to, mm -hmm. to donate. Um, a lot, a lot of people struggle, and especially it's increasing in in these times. So I would never point fingers towards that. I I think, um, I think the the secret sauce actually, um, when we start tapping into what we can actually do with technology, is of course individual donations are are always appreciated. And this is something you should do if you can, and if you have the opportunity to to do so. Um, absolutely no force. I think where we can really start seeing a difference is when we look into automated charity. So if we build a mm -hmm. financial system where we have these micro transactions for charity as a default, this right. is this is when we will start to see the real value because then we don't have to point fingers at, at anybody. We don't have to right. point fingers at billionaires. Like, I mean, donate if you want to, but we right. have an entire system backing the world up where we're actually choosing to do good by default. Imagine if Visa had uh, a small, like they take a small cut every time yeah. you use a credit card, a transaction so small that we never really realize it. If we could do the same for a charity pool, not just necessarily animal welfare, but everything that we wish to support, you have to think in the perspective of volume. If we can generate right. enough volume 
on a financial system that does good, I believe this is when we could actually actually change the world. Um, but but to come back to mm-hmm. like you're talking a little bit of the, the sense of community. Uh huh. I I think especially in in the 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 case of Ethereum. Um, I mean, what, one of the biggest challenges for for any new crypto project is to build a community um, and it's a little bit the same story about like uh, the question what came first the, the chicken or the egg um, <laughs> it, is, is a crypto project really anything without a community um, I don't know uh, but communities are are important and for us I mean when we first launched um, it actually went pretty pretty quick quick for us like building an organic community and Mm -hmm. in a sense it probably has something to do with if you present a mission that people will rally behind to do something good if you give them the opportunity to do good they will Mm -hmm. support it Um, and that's that's basically what we did with Ethereum we we had no idea how this would go but just giving the opportunity to say, okay, um, we have a cause that we're fighting for. We want to build a financial tool that supports animal welfare. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that attracted people, the opportunity to do good. And I think when we first launched, um, the way that our basic product actually worked was that we implemented a tax on all trades. Um, right. So, of course, we were depending on volume. But you knew that by selling or buying Ethereum, there would be a small fee taken into our charity pool that we would then donate from. So actually we presented people with an opportunity uh, to say, okay, and I mean, if you're in crypto, you know that this is volatile and you know that, okay, I have 20 bucks to spend. Uh, This might go to zero or I'm hoping for a hundred X, you know, but in in the case that this should go to zero, I would at least know that I've, I've contributed to doing something good. But then the, the challenge, the big challenge for us also with any new project is, okay, so how do we gain um, credibility? Like, okay, we're, we're saying that we, we want to support animal welfare. How do we right. actually do this and how do we make this happen on an ongoing basis to actually prove and showcase that? We're not right. going anywhere. We're, we're true to the mission. And that took a lot of work. I mean... That really took a lot of work because when we first launched, when we started seeing funds coming into the charity pool, of course, we were super excited. Right. We were like, oh, my God, this is working. People like this. Um, and, of course, we had a responsibility in fostering and nurturing the community and involving them. After, after all, we are community-driven. Like We're trying to turn into a full DAO where it's just an automated process of everyone who wants to be involved. But the real, like one of the first struggles that we never anticipated was basically, okay, so we have these funds to donate. Yeah. Who can we donate them to? Mm. And now we are seeing today that like crypto fundraising um, is the biggest or fastest growing donation method today, which is kind of crazy because two, three years ago, mm-hmm. it was almost non-existing. Like... You, you would see no local shelters, uh, no smaller organizations be able to receive this kind of funds coming in. 
Right. And realize, okay, we, we have a big responsibility in actually educating on the, the benefits of blockchain, the benefits of crypto donations and the technical aspect of it. Like, how do you actually set it up and why should you do it? Um, so this is what we've been doing. Um, I mean, the, we have two aspects to our project and, and one is building out our own ecosystem, looking into right. new ways of developing products uh, that, that benefits the, the mission where there will always be charity involved. And then we have the whole other factor because with a project like ours, we are depending on the real world because we have a receiver in the other end. So it's, it's just super important for us to keep educating um, and onboarding these uh, nonprofits. And just baby steps, I mean, it's basically yeah. holding their hand. Um, and where the first step will always be to, okay, guys, you need to diversify your your donation revenue um, because you have a, a very big untapped demography in, in crypto that, that you need to utilize. And mm -hmm. once they start seeing the value of this, then we can start looking into how are we going to then take the next step and create web free donor experiences for you? How can you actually utilize this to create experiences and create storytelling? Because this is what they live on. Um, right. Yes. It's, it's been, it's been quite interesting. Um, we, we had a big breakthrough in the beginning. Um, because we, we did make a few very large donations. Um, and we had some amazing partners to, to donate these funds to. And of course, they were a little bigger uh, organization. So they had sort of the fundraising muscle. So they were already, if not ready to receive crypto donations, they were at least looking into how to, how to implement it and set it up. Um, so we made a few donations in the size of $100,000. Um, which is just an amazing feeling. Um, really incredible to, to be able to just do that. Um, but it also added a lot of credibility to our project that we, that we were able to do this. I mean, we got nominated at one point by the Scottish government for a collaboration with a partner in Scotland. And that was when we really started seeing the interest, especially from the world of nonprofits. Uh, I don't remember how many phone calls we had every single day for organizations calling us up and we're like, can we get considered for a donation? We're always like, yes, of course. Um, can you receive crypto? And the answer was always no. So we're like, Ooh. okay, <clears throat> yeah. We have a lot of work ahead um, mm -hmm. to make this happen, but, but we're seeing it now. Um, we are seeing it becoming sort of a, uh, I'm not going to say uh, a normal way of receiving donations. I'm not going to call it mainstream just yet, but we are seeing a, a large amount of nonprofits uh, implementing crypto fundraising because after all, giving, giving should be easy and they have to meet the donors where they are. And what I mean, we're looking at into crypto is the, is the younger, younger audience um, and I mean, this is the future, and it's, it's just really also restoring a little bit of faith in humanity when you look at the entire Web3 space, how many projects right. have been designed now to, to do good and actually have a cause and whatever profit that they make, a portion of that will be donated towards that cause. And then to see 
the supporters rally behind that cause. It, it, it really restores a little bit of faith, in, in my opinion, on, on where we're going with the world. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we you have enough of people that that feel strongly about the cause, right? And and it's it's really <clears throat> disheartening to know that something as simple as the logistics of it becomes a barrier for between you and the cause that you want to support. Uh, and it's exactly like you're saying when you ask, you know, these these organizations, do you have the ability to accept crypto? And they say no. And most of the time, it's not because they don't have it set up. Most of the time, it's just because you don't have a, a, a regulatory uh, framework that allows them to, to receive that and off-ramp it into the system that they're using, the fiat system that they're using, maybe in their country. But are there other challenges that you may have come across you know, for, for them not accepting crypto? I mean, you because you're, you're absolutely right. And luckily today, there's also a lot of great platforms out there. Um, we're working with a bunch of them where they can easily tap into accepting crypto, uh, but where they will act, they will never see cryptocurrency. It will be auto-converted to fiat and then paid to their accounts. Um, so mm -hmm. things are happening to make this happen. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the biggest challenges that I have faced when I've been talking to like my contacts in especially in larger organizations for the smaller shelters they are pretty I mean they're, they're quick on the feet to to adapt crypto and, and set up everything that they need in order to make it happen because they just really need right. the funds with the big organization we're seeing a lot of bureaucracy um, so they have a lot of different decision makers that has to be involved mm -hmm. and the two things that I have been faced with the most is one that, I mean, we're all pretty native in Web3, so we, we have yeah. a feeling to, towards everything that we do. Um, but in, in the other end, in, there's still a, a certain stigma around crypto, um, for sure. There's a lot of uncertainty and fear and doubt. And I mean, in a, in a bear market, like we've been seeing for this last year and a half or two years, um, this has not helped um, to sort of showcase what crypto can do um, and, and, and the trust towards it. Um, so there is a lot of time going into educating and say, but guys, you really need to be ready. And, and I, I think that we are starting to see a shift where it is more positively appreciated and people are curious um mm -hmm. but there's still a long way to go um I, I think for us i mean our track record of donations is really something that is that is helping us getting i'm, I'm not i'm not gonna call it a foot in the door because we, we don't want to force technology on on anyone but if we call up an organization and say hey guys we want to donate 10k to you um but it mm -hmm. has to in cryptocurrency right then they're interested um then we have to teach them how to set it up um, so yeah i mean we we also been faced with with a lot of um like environmental impact um mm -hmm. especially with power consumption and, and everything and i think right. with, with ethereum switching to uh to pos um 
that that really helped sort of manifest that hey we we are pretty sustainable um you guys are watching right. youtube it's, it, it takes pretty much this, the same power consumption mm-hmm. but one of the things that that's most important to these guys is is and, and this is something we need to understand and need to respect and this is why things takes time they are nothing more than their brand and their credibility so in order mm-hmm. to, to I mean, they, they just work slow. Um, they're very conservative and they're, they're playing it by the book because they cannot risk right. taking the chance of, of, of ruining their, their reputation. And this is something that I respect and that I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at the end of the day, like, we're not being faced today with a, as much skepticism as we used to in the beginning. Um, I, I think... Again, with the growing like philanthropical ecosystem growing in in blockchain and Web three and other projects doing good and DAOs being built and everything, it, it it is it's so much on the radar now that this is no longer a thing to ignore. And if you want to meet your donors where they are, you will, mm-hmm. from a nonprofit perspective, you also have to look into crypto because. Things are definitely happening. Of course, of course, and you know, I I appreciate the fact that we, when you say that these organizations, of course, they're very strongly reputation based. Uh, in in this particular space, where you have more regulations that work against you when it comes to the the donation economy, when it comes to stakeholders in that space, uh, a reputation based metric. There's, you know, there are just so many variables that they can't, they can't account for, right? And when you, when you think about um, someone's reputation being tarnished or it, you know, going into the wrong hands or even receiving money uh, uh, or donations from, from people that don't have the best reputations, uh, you can, you can understand that there's always going to be some skepticism. They also don't have, these NGOs don't always have the legal firepower in the the backing that comes with it because they work on very tight budgets so those those factors are those factors are understandable but what i think is is interesting is also given that you know the your your group at Porthurium has the um uh the ability to choose the kind of projects or choose the kind of um um organizations that it would like to make that donation to because you get so many requests uh, I'm curious to know how how do you guys you know how do you guys just uh, pick the ones that make the most amount of sense? Uh, wh- what's it like at that coffee table when you're deciding? Mm-hmm. And, and and good question because I, we we do have a sort of a, a process of verifying the organizations. Just like let's get that out of out of the way. That we we need to make sure that you are who you say you are. Um, right. But then it's actually on a case, case by case. Uh, we try to involve first of all our community and where they want to, where they want to see us uh, be supported. Mm-hmm. And one of the most important things for us, and especially to me, because um, I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm, I have a title that I don't think existed before, before Putherium, like Chief Charity Officer. Um, <laughs> 
but but try to maintain that healthy balance of okay if if we do have the means and the funds to make a big donation to a big organization of course uh, but right. let's try and look into that that typically mm-hmm. comes with i mean it has benefits for all I mean, they're going to receive funds to to do bigger things and bigger projects that they want to support that they are supporting and mm-hmm. in return we can get some press uh, because it, it makes ways if they have a, a bigger social following or we're doing newsletters and there will be stuff that we can offer to our community that they can come and visit all these other things right but on the other hand we also have the majority of the donations that we're making are to the local shelters all around the world um, and for me that's 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 the most important thing that I can do. Um, right. And we just have so many good stories to share, like uh, a local dog shelter in, in Romania, in, in the outskirts of Romania. Uh-huh. Because of uh, where they're located, transportation is hard. And in the wintertime, they cannot be guaranteed that all the food and the medicine supplies will arrive in time because they cannot afford to buy in bulk. Um, so they don't know how they're going to manage throughout the winter. And let's say where a big donations of, of 100K to a big organization can do so much, mm-hmm. a small donation for a shelter in Romania can mean the world. It can mean make it or break it of the lives of animals over a winter time. So... It's always important to to keep that that healthy balance, um, and I just I, I think that we've all learned so much being involved with this project. I mean, since day one, uh, I, I remember the early days when we started talking to these local shelters right. and these amazing people that we actually get to meet, the ones who are making the difference in in the daily lives that, that are out working with the animals and supporting them and taking care of them. Like, I, I found out, like, I have a pretty hard time, like, crying. Right. <laughs> but when you had these conversations with these people with, with like, for, for me, these guys are the real heroes. And we would basically always end up in, in, in tears in, in a way because it was just touching that we know these people are out there. Um, right. But we're behind computers every day and we're working with tech and we're doing all these sort of things. And we, we don't really see them. We know we want to support, but we don't really get the the essence of of the importance of the work that they're doing so to listen to their stories and how they have devoted their lives for for rescuing animals is is just incredible and then to be able to round up a call and say hey you know what Uh, we can donate 5k or 10k or 2k and just see the reaction that wow the importance of of like i mean it's a lot of money still let's never lose the perspective of money but just seeing, like, compared to a 100K donation, that maybe it, that will be a little less personal. But where you know with the smaller donation, you're really you're making a huge difference. You know, the, you, you, you got to hand it to, to these NGOs. They, they so often, they, they are able to stretch a budget that if these large-scale Fortune 500 companies were able to do, I think, you know, you'd, you'd have a lot more of the, the planet being saved uh, just by virtue of being able to really draw out as much as you can from the finance that you've got. Uh, and, and hats off to these heroes 
to be able to do that because it it really takes a lot of ingenuity, uh, creativity to be able to to stretch a budget that far. And to, and I I can totally understand where you, where you're coming from when you say you know okay even a, an amount of two thousand dollars with where a large number of people would say hey you know what that's fine I don't mind giving it but for an animal shelter in Romania at the outskirts where you know it it if for them it's 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 likely uh something that would have made a difference across the entire season mm-hmm. so yeah so, so that's that's a really really huge impact now um you you also mentioned that you have you have more stories like that can you can you share with us one more that's been as impactful or that stands out in your mind uh in, yeah. in, in this particular situation? Yeah, the, there's actually a few. And I mean, we have so many to pick from. Uh, but I, I just want to thank our community for, for also being uh, amazing. Um, I have two super sweet stories. Uh, one was really heartfelt. I mean, both of them were, but one especially. Um, mm-hmm. When the war broke out in, in Ukraine, um, that we're all aware of what's happening. Um, I had been in previous contact with with a few animal shelters uh, in Ukraine, um, just making a, getting to know them, and keeping in touch, assisting them with crypto, all these sort of things what we do. And when the war broke out, um, one of the animal shelters got hit by, I mean, by the war. Um, so it was basically bombed, and. There was a lot of animals that died. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of animals were injured and needed immediate assistance, both in terms of medical supplies, but also food and just a place to be. And I remember um, talking to the guys running this specific shelter uh, when they were hiding in a bomb shelter. That was the only time that we could be connected. And at this time, we didn't have funds to actually donate from Ethereum because we have like a philosophy that what comes in goes out basically. Um, and we just made a few big donations prior to this. And I was like, okay, but how, how are we ever going to help these guys? Because we, this, this is so important. So we did that a community fundraiser and this is not something that we usually do, but we're like, okay, guys, we have a situation and everyone who can chip in, uh, I mean, every little tiny donation counts. And we were actually able to, to make a pretty pretty decent amount that we collected from our community that wanted to support this. And for me, that was just, that was just beautiful. Um, and then we had a, I mean, we have so many cool people contacting us who we're regularly in, in touch with. Um, usually, I mean, there can be times when someone contacts us to 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 see if they can get support um and it, it can take some time if we have your map donations that we're working with uh, other organizations where we have something planned and we're doing this and that we're, we're staying in touch and we have we had a guy um in argentina outside of buenos mm-hmm. Aires, and just out of the the purity in in his heart he was helping a lot of street dogs um taking them into his house uh trying to get the the medical aid and a vet to take care of them providing them with food and all these sort of things and he 
the, the, the issue was so big. So he he didn't have enough space in, in his house to, to keep on doing this. And the expenses grew and grew and grew. So he couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. And we were able to fund uh, a shelter um, that he could get a shelter built and funded. Um, something that would usually take a village to, to get together and do. And with, with the power of our community, we, we were able to make that happen. And these are the sort of things that, that makes me really proud that we, we have built something like this and we're, we're, we're seeing how it's being taken in and how we're feeling the support from the community that basically when you boil it all, all down, it's, it's an opportunity to do good. And if we provide that opportunity to see that people will actually back it and participate in, in doing good. You know, um, when it when it comes to when it comes to something like that, it's 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 tremendous uh, that there's an opportunity to, to be able to do that, and and it really is game changing because there there are so many charities out there uh, with people that have the right intent and they really want to make a difference, and they they're just not able to. So so this is really looking like it is something game changing. Um, I I also want to want to understand and you know uh, get our audience in today to understand is that how one can people contribute to, to Porthurium and two, how, how do you get the community in to vote to decide which ones, uh, which of these, you know, um, require, which of these organizations require the help on a priority basis? I mean, how, how does that look to you? Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, just by holding Ethereum or by trading Ethereum or getting involved with some of our other project products. I mean, we have a DEX where you can donate to charity. Uh, everything that we do, if you're involved, you're automatically supporting the cause. And by holding Ethereum, um, you're 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 able to create votes if if that's something that you want to do for the community to to decide on. Um, so everyone um, is. By holding, you're actively a part of the DAO and you, you, you have a voting power and you have the right to, to propose where we're going to donate. Um, of course, we still do have executive decisions where we put up proposals of where our donations are being placed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are so, there's so many ways of, of being involved just by, you don't, you don't even have to invest. I mean, just by supporting the cause and, and the spreading the word, uh, you're doing tremendous work. Because uh, we we will never we will never do anything in our ecosystem that is not involved in charity, and and all the love that we can get from from doing so, um, the, it is the saying that we we stand strong together, um, and without a community we we wouldn't simply exist. This wouldn't have been possible without uh, everyone out there believing in what we are trying to accomplish. Indeed, Rasmus, and like you, you, you said before, you know, I mean, uh, in Web3 communities, everything, and if you have the right kind of people backing you, uh, you know, the, the moon's not the limit, right? It, there, there is no limit, just so long as you've got that people power beneath your wings. Exactly, exactly. That, that's really the, the key. And I, I think, I mean, a lot of people invest for different reasons. Um, Ethereum was never built for, for us to, to make a moonshot. I mean, we, we're just happy when we see volume uh, because that means that we generate more funds to donate. And I think that's also been one of the things, especially in 
in this sentiment of the market that we're just staying true to the cause, staying true to the mission, onboarding and educating as much as we can, engaging the community. Um, we also had a phase where we haven't been able to send out a large amount of donations. Um, those are just the times the market is always going to market. Uh, so we, we're just focusing a lot on strengthening our own ecosystem, building mm -hmm. partnerships in the real world, building partnerships within Web3, uh, other impactful pro projects um, to see how can we benefit each other, how can we make this happen, um, and just sort of bringing everything together where the the bottom line is utilizing blockchain as a, as a force for good. And it's, it's incredible to see how many projects out there um, share, share the same mission uh, in, in the term of, of, of trying to do good. I mean, we have the technology to, to make it happen, but mm -hmm. for, to really make it happen, it, mm -hmm. it's up to us. It's up to everyone building. It's up to everyone who are supporting um, the utility of charity uh, to actually make it happen. We do have the opportunity to change the world, um, but we, we will never be able to do it alone. Uh, in, indeed, indeed. Um, so I, I actually not now got two questions that you know that that come straight into my mind. The first one you mentioned about is 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 partnership. So if somebody wanted to to partner with uh, Pothelium, what would that partnership look like? What would an ideal partner be to be able to to spread the word? Oh, that's a good good question. Um, our partnerships they come in a lot of different sizes and shapes. Um, we've had a lot of projects. Pro projects previously that we have teamed up with where they wanted to do good, uh, where they have collected funds they wanted to donate, and we have teamed up for a donation, um, mm -hmm. also spreading the word to their own communities that they're seeking to do do something good. And I think from Ethereum's point of view, we, I mean, there's always room for improvement, and we're still learning, and we're still growing, but we have established ourselves as a, a somewhat the, the project to go to when, when especially it comes to animal welfare uh, and, and connecting other projects to NGOs uh, that, that they that we feel could be a match for them to support. So sort of connecting those dots uh, and, and, and make everything more fluently uh, and smooth when, when they want to do uh, a donation. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, this is something that I'm, I'm, I'm proud of. Earlier this year, I went to Thailand with a, with a big animal welfare organization to talk a little bit about crypto fundraising and all these sort of things. Um, and, and I had the chance to visit some of the elephant sanctuaries um, and, and, and had this idea that how can we, how can we support this in, in Web3? And I mean, Pothereum is not an NFT pro project. Um, it's it's part of something that we do, but we're not a hundred percent focused on NFT. Mm -hmm. So I got connected with with another project that specializes in NFTs, and they're big advocates for animal welfare. And it's like, guys, I'm in Thailand. I've I've just been out cutting down banana trees to feed these elephants, and can we create a Web three donor experience with NFTs? Can we can we build an adoption program for for these elephants to to support them with nfts mm -hmm. and they were like yeah let, let's go um let's let's try and make that happen so we got an amazing artist on board who took like the 
inspiration from the real elephant creating an NFT collection around it. Um, mm -hmm. And we're donating the profits to, to, to the organization. Um, so just to make that happen, to see, okay, there, there are so many opportunities that, that we can create. Um, mm -hmm. And whatever project out there wants to team up um, in, like there, there is never any bad ideas. Um, of the, course. the overall goal, if, 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 if the mission is seeking positive impact, um, mm -hmm. reach out. Let, let's make let's make something happen. Always. Uh, that's that's brilliant. I think that that's a that's a great idea, especially when it comes to, you know, expanding on the uh, to the Web three community in a manner that they can understand and how they can actually make an impact in the real world. So that that was that's a very creative idea to be able to. <laughs> To be able to to extend donations that 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 you would want. Okay, um, I know that there's a lot of uh, when it comes to when it comes to to charities or even when it comes to crypto, right? Um, there's a lot of um, like you said stigma behind it. Uh, are there some ways you think that could could remove that that stigma where we could have more adoption, more you know uh, mass adoption rather? When it comes to at least the the donor economy uh, accepting crypto, what do you what are your thoughts? Mm, really good question. I I think there are so many things happening right now that that's all pointing in in the right direction. I think, I mean, and this is probably for us to look at like zoom out a little bit and look at the broader perspective of blockchain um, and mm -hmm. crypto web three. Is is like one of the main challenges has been the lack of regulations. And I, I know this is a topic that's probably going to split the waters a little bit, but I do think that what we're seeing right now with regulations coming, um, which is leading to bigger institutions going into crypto right now, we've been waiting in Europe for a long time for regulations, which has kept the banks away. Now we're mm -hmm. rolling out Mika, um, and we are we are seeing all these new initiatives from traditional finance, and right. I I feel I have a feeling like no no one can predict anything. Um, I mean, if we were fortune tellers, it, it would be amazing, but but unfortunately we are not. But I think we are going to see a hybrid world where crypto will become more mainstream. We will see mass adaption but it's it's gonna be in a framework where we are meeting on sort of the middle and we're building together with with traditional finance i think that is really gonna be the key um we're seeing like kyc being required everywhere and it's sort of for for the real world if, if we want to call it that 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 is what they are lacking from our world is the transparency of who's behind everything that we do. Whereas our lack for the real world and charities has been the lack of transparency towards the donations. So I, I do see um, mass adoption coming, but I, I think we're going to see a hybrid world where we are sort of building a financial instrument together with traditional finance, which will probably in the future be very, very based on blockchain, but the end user will probably not realize they're even on the blockchain. You know, totally. I think that that is, that is something that we should all look forward to because this is, 
clearly one of the strongest solutions when it comes to the the donor economy now um that being said i i'm going to ask the audience if you have any questions please send them in to adlunum inc or you can send them to the speaker directly as we're coming towards the end of the show um but i'm still we still have a few questions left so in the meantime ladies and gentlemen those of you that want to have some questions asked please uh send that across to adlunum inc or to the speaker directly so we can have that answered on the show if not we will have the answer later uh my next question rasmus is you know you you've told us about um the arc you know obviously when it comes to the donation economy it's you know it it is in need of a revamp right uh mm-hmm. web3 is becoming and web3 and crypto is becoming becoming a huge solution to it um where do you see this say 5 years from now or 10 years from now do you see this as becoming mainstream like you you know in, in your heart you know that you you want it to be I mean I I know that I wanted to be uh <clears throat> are we going to be able to do it in 5 to 10 years I I'm not sure um I think that every day points in the right direction um but for for the donor economy I I believe that as what we have seen especially with with philanthropy and the crypto space this is something that's going to keep on growing and I mean I I think we're going to process tens of billions of dollars over the next decade not just ethereum but the entire space right. i think that by utilizing technology and removing the aspect of the individual donor that by implementing automated charity into everything that we do to so basically understanding if there is profit there will be charity by default i think it's it's going to become one of the most important utilities and i i do hope that it's going to become a standard um when you're building anything crypto related that it is incorporated as micro transactions but just look at the nft space for example um right. the royalties a, a portion of it go to charity by default from each sale you donate a portion of that to charity by default but it's also it's it's also up to the the users and the supporters to demand this sort of utility that hey we we want to see this project succeed but we also want to see this project do good in the world so in mm-hmm. in, in sense is capitalism meeting socialism where we say okay we're all about building a financial system where people can profit but at the end of the day the more profit that you generate the bigger social impact you're creating so it's sort of creating this win-win situation and then making it easy for people to we, we're not asking anyone to to take a stand on if they want to donate to a specific cause that they have to go out and donate 10 bucks alone which we're automating this so just by being part of something you're actively engaging and and supporting the cause that that it's promoting and i think that this will be be massive and i think this will be the future well it, it's in exciting future ahead no doubt and you know certainly something that's that, that we should look forward to i think what what you're proposing is certainly an easy way for for more for more of us to take part in uh in the donation economy and make it more mainstream okay um before before i wrap up my questions to you and take questions in from the audience uh rasmus you've told us a lot about not just yourself what potherium is doing um you know what it intends to do what aim what aims it has uh but at one particular level you you have to understand that the heroes 
um, you know, and, and, and I say this for, for everybody that's involved on the ground in this economy, because that's what they truly are, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It takes a, a, a special blend of, uh, you know, the, the, the human spirit to be able to do that. I want to know what is that special blend when it comes to Rasmus and, and his team, well, Rasmus especially, and then, of course, his team at Pothirium. Uh, what's their personal philosophy and, you know, what keeps you going? question my friend I, I i honestly feel for us and for our entire team is that we can see the impact that we have already made by building something that didn't exist before and how we've been able to generate funds that has mm-hmm. actually had a positive impact on the world and then the the entire like prospects of, of blockchain and how it's being perceived in, in the real world. Um, I, I I don't think there would be any chance on earth that we would ever back down from from Ethereum and, and the cost that we are on. And we're just hoping that we we we're also able to inspire both projects out there, people who are building new stuff and 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 the supporters to actually demand this sort of utility because uh, I, I honestly feel like we have a fair shot at changing the world and it's not, not something that's going to happen tomorrow but we have proven that it's possible with technology to implement charity we've proven that it's possible to have the transparent and we're proving that we can generate funds coming from the previous stigma crypto world and actually showcasing that it's it's having a difference in in the real world um so yeah um, I've, i i think that's our core mission uh, this is too big of an opportunity it's too big of a movement that we're creating that, that we could ever back down and i mean we're still a small project compared to a lot of projects that are out there um so we have definitely room and potential for growth and mm-hmm. nothing nothing will be built in, in one day, but I definitely think that we're on on the right path um, to to make a difference. And I, I just get a real joy when, when I see new supporters believing in, in what we do and want to contribute, um, as well as seeing other projects trying to accomplish the same. Um, it really gives me faith in the space. And I think it's one of the most beautiful ways that we can build the bridge between crypto and, and the real world to actually generate funds from our arena and then build and help animals and whatever cause that other chooses to support in, in the real world. Thank you for sharing that, Rasmus. All right. Um, I, you know, there, there is one thing that actually struck me when, when you were saying this, and of course it is uh, the economics of, you know, how it's going to play out. How do you how do you guys manage when when there's a bear market? Obviously, there's you know a challenges in that space. What do those look like for you? Oh, it's it's been difficult, um, but it's just it's one of the things that you have to take into your equation when you you run a project in in crypto or or, or any other markets. Basically, there, there will always be external factors uh, that that I mean can be challenging, um, and of course. A, a, a bear market is, is super challenging uh, because we are seeing a lot of funds being moved away from crypto. We're seeing a lot of people who would otherwise have been intrigued to support um, not being attracted to, to crypto. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And we're, we're not generating uh, a lot of volume. So we're not basically able to, to commit to sending out huge donations all the time. But right. it also gives, um, it gives a, a, a different aspect um, as well. I think a lot of projects um, who succumb to a bear market, uh, like it, it's kind of shaking the bag a little to see who is, sure. who is true to their mission and who will keep building. I mean, in Pythereum, we, we never did fund racing or anything um, like you would see in a regular company to, right. to generate runway. We've been uh, a bunch of basically volunteers uh, keeping true to the mission. And where it's, it's just giving a, a, an amazing opportunity where we, we didn't, we haven't had a need to stress anything that, that we have done in, in this time. Um, may that be looking into developing new products that, that we can push uh, for charity and building the partnerships with other projects who are still around, who wants to do good, new projects entering, who wants to do good. And then a lot of time focusing on the pains and needs of, of the nonprofits, getting to understand their way of thinking and right. slow and steady onboard them into crypto. Because looking at history, markets will always uh, turn. And I just think it's, it's, it's a way of... of, of creating a, a, a sort of positive adoption is when we're seeing more nonprofits getting onboarded in, into crypto and establishing that connection between us and, and them. Um, but yeah, of course, bear markets are challenging, especially when you're, when you're a small project like Pythereum. Um, creating engagement with the community can be a challenge. Um, fortunately, we have a lot of of great people in our community carrying the torch and promoting us and supporting us and getting involved still because they believe in the mission. Um, so yeah, we, we're just not going anywhere. Um, but yeah, of course, there will always be challenges and we're just going to tackle them face on. And I also think that's one of the things with blockchain technology is that everything is moving so fast. So every day there are new opportunities arising that we have to take into consideration to validate is, is this something that we can utilize in our project and so just keeping us on on our toes and yeah just preparing for for when the market turns again so we we will be able to to allocate more funds so we can so we can keep our our donations coming out um, but yeah of course it's it's challenging but that's that's how it will always be when, when you try to do something that hasn't been done before there yeah. will be obstacles you you never really you never saw saw coming, and then you have to deal with them head on as soon as they they arrive, and you need to figure out ways to approach these challenges. Indeed, indeed, Erasmus, thank you for that answer. Thank you for sharing that. Of course, it is it is a challenge, but I, I'm you know yeah, keeping the faith and just being able to to move through these hard times uh, lead you to to better ones ahead. Indeed. Okay, I've got two questions that come that come in, and I know they're at the end of the show, so I'm going to ask you to be a bit brief. But nonetheless, two important questions that have come in. One has come in from NF that says, how do NGOs or animal centers apply uh, to Pothurium for, for funding if they have to? Yeah, good question. And, and thank you for that. that. That comes in many different ways. We have uh, a contact section on our, on our website, on Pothurium.com, where charities can contact us. But we also see a lot of people then they're joining either Telegram and contacting us there or Discord or... But that's basically, we, we don't have a, a specific formula in place. We, 
we would advise anyone to shoot us uh, an email to charity at pathelion.com. Okay, super. Okay, so that's one. The second one I, I have from uh, someone in Argentina. Uh, and what she says is, this is from AM, and what she asks is, I see a lot of people donating in Argentina itself, but I don't know if you'll have a, a Telegram group or a contact method in Spanish. So how do we solve that? Uh, we, we currently do not have a, a, a community in, in Spanish. Uh, we have our official Telegram and our official Discord, and they're both on, on our website. Uh, feel free to, to join there. Okay, super. Okay, that answers the questions. That's the last one, uh, Rasmus. I know that we can we can continue this conversation and and, and certainly at your um, you know the next place that Pothirum's at. Uh, keep us posted. You know, uh, I'm certain the large of large number of our community would also love to interact with you. So thank you so much for being on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. We will be back next week at the same time at the same place with a new guest. But once again, Rasmus and to you at Team Pothirum. Uh, awesome. You, you guys are awesome. You know, uh, keep, <laughs> keep going, man. Just keep going. Thanks, man. And thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. This is the end of the show today. Thank you so much once again for tuning in. This is JP from Adludum INC bringing you everything about Web3. Cheers. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Diving Into Crypto, proudly hosted by Adlunum, the first engaged-to-earn platform with a proof-of-attention model and dynamic NFT investor profiles. 